Hello, my friends. You are listening to the Bad Blonde Radio Show on News Talk KEYS, 1440 AM, 98.7 FM, Corpus Christi. Barbara, if you're listening to this, Dotson's going to go ahead and take your cell phone that you left here. He's going to meet you at Cheryl Park, so don't worry about it. (laughs) All right, guys, today is a very good day. I am pumped about our topic, and I'm also pumped about this weather. It feels real nice outside. It's sunny, but it's also not blazing hot. How about that? That's great. Uh, And my co-host, Chad, is here on time. Look, you look sprightly. I'm very sprite. Chad, why is it a good day for you, buddy? Oh, just the weather and so forth and so much. Oh, so forth. you know what? I'm going to start asking Aiden why it's a good day for him. Aiden, why is it a good day for you, my friend? Because y'all are back and I, oh, did I'm you happy miss? to be in y'all's presence once Duh, again. Stop. Did you miss me? Yes, I did. He I, oh. said <laughs> us. Well, he I miss both us. of y'all. Oh, but he meant me. Oh, wow. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I guess you're right. Like I, I, we were what we had was it two two weekends. The the Longhorns played one weekend, and the other one we did a reshow because I think was I out of town. I don't really remember. You were gonna go to Austin. Oh, I was gonna go to Austin, and then I jacked up my ankle and then didn't go to go to Austin. That was unfortunate. My ankle is still in recovery. That goes to show good, no good deed goes unpunished. I was trying to get, there was a loose dog. I was trying to like figure out the where the owners are, blah, blah, blah. Couldn't get to the dog. Did not see where I was walking. Stepped off a step that I didn't know about and completely ruined my ankle for like five days. Still not on the mend. Two weeks later. You're still learning how to walk. I have a problem with that. I really do. This is not the first time I've jacked up my ankle by not looking where I'm walking. Anyways, we are off track. It helps. We are off track. We, I'm, why is it a good day for me, Chad? I don't, I can't read your mind. Well, you can ask me. Oh, okay. Well, today's a great day. I got, I got lunch plans right after this. I'm going to go to Sugar Bakers, have some nice. girl time, chitty chat, all that fun stuff. Also. Ooh, sh- don't tell what if all your fans go there and <laughs> no try to get autographs and everything. <laughs> That's not going to happen. That's funny. Anyway, Sugar Bakers is delicious. So we're going to go there, check it out. Have some fun, fun chit chats, but also it's beginning of fall. We're beginning of fall. It is like festival season down here in Corpus Christi. I'm looking forward to, we got the celebration of flight coming up on uh, September the 23rd. This is an event put on by my bird club, Audubon Outdoor Club. I was going to say, go right brothers. But it's <laughs> oh, not, <laughs> not yeah, I got that. Took me yeah. a second. Different flight, but on point. Good joke, Chad. Thank you. So Celebration of Flight is great. It's at Hazel Baysmore Park. It's got all types of amazing things. If you didn't already know this, but you live in the birdiest city in America, and we it is like hawk migration time, and it is the coolest thing to go out there and see kettles of, of birds of prey. They're just like swarming. Kettles. That's it's the name. It's a murder of them. Well, a or kettle, what is it called when they swarm? A kettle is where like the, there's, they, they've caught some kind of like is hot that, is draft. That a kettle? Yeah. And there are just tons of them up circling. Yes. Yeah, they yeah. caught a draft and they're just oh. kind of cruising. Well, we saw that at Sydney's. It was cool. Yeah. Crazy. It's, it's also cool. So you can go there. You can learn all about bird of prey. It's, uh, it's obviously super family friendly because how amazing is it to teach your kids the, and the love and respect? And it's super budget of, friendly too. It's free. Exactly. It's 100% free. You just got to watch 
awesome birds of prey fly around. Yeah. I always wanted to be, and I still... Do you want to go with me, Chad? Because I'm going. No, I don't want to go, but I want to be a falconer. <laughs> yeah. You don't have the patience to be a falconer. I think, but I have the look of you, a falconer. You got the look of a falconer, that's for sure. Anyway, celebration flight's going to be great. <laughs> we need to not get too off topic because I really like what we're going to talk about today and I want to have enough time to cover it because there's a lot of information. Okay, I was about to dive into our topic, but I got to finish this. All right. Celebrational flight is at Hazel Basemore Park, September 23rd and 24th, whatever the, the Saturday and Sunday is going on, maybe Friday too. But one of my favorite things is that they also have a uh, bird of prey presentation. So like they have like all these, you know, a guy brings, uh, I think it's the same gentleman that's been there every time and you get to see up close in action, these amazing birds of prey. From a Harris Hawk to Caracara to even a Kookaburra. Hmm. So it's pretty dope. Now, also what's going on next weekend, too. I got a full weekend. I can't wait. Is going to be the Noasis Brewing Company's Oktoberfest. Did you go to it last year, Chad? It's in September? Yes. I think that's how that goes. They do Oktoberfest and Septemberfest? Yeah. Or September? That's a thing. That's what they do in Germany. I'm pretty sure because I looked, at, I was going to go one year and then I did not. So it's no cost to attend on the Oktoberfest at Noasis Brewing Company. They got German baked goods. They got the traditional Oktoberfest tent. I'm going to wear some Lederhosen. I'm pumped about that. Two polka bands, beer brats from Barori, which I'm super excited about that. Am I saying Barori? It's Barari. I do not know. Me either. It's it's a, that's why I like it. I like it. it's a challenge to the tongue to try and say that. Anyways, competitions like best dressed, Stein holding. I'm excited. I'll be there. I'll be there in between. I guess I'm gonna have to wear my Lederhosen to the bird festival. How about that? Yeah, I'll wear my kilt. I don't know if that's how that works. I don't know. I just like to wear it. Also, guys, in the studio right now, there is a gigantic amount of cake. And there's some awesome balloons. They celebrated 300 shows from Dotson's Veterans Roundtable. That's a big deal. That is. How many we years is that? I'm trying to do the math, but I'm not good at math. So. Arithmetic, man. No, I'm not good at it. Are you, and also, are they counting every Saturday? I don't know. Or is it like. See, he keeps track of his shows. He says. He, I he, don't. He names each show, numbers it, and names it each time. Jeez. Should we have been doing that? Probably. I don't know how many times we've done it. I, I'm just going to like, it's going to be a guesstimate of like how many times we've been on here. Anyway, guys, guys, let's talk. Let me tell you. Bye, Dotson. Let me tell you what we're going to be talking about. Okay. Now with the release of the 2024 Ford Mustang, which uh, it's uh, it's gotten some criticism. I was checking it out online. It looks a little Camaro-y. All right. Some people are up in arms. Some people are in love. But when I saw that, I thought, you know what? We should talk about this Saturday. The man behind the Mustang. All right. It felt right to talk about the man who was the brainchild of who the Mustang. I can't even talk right now. I'm so excited to talk about this guy. The man, the myth, the legend, Lee Iacocca. All right. Iacocca is... Is it... I thought it was Iacocca. Iacocca. Do not do this man disrespect like that, Chad. This is how I read it. It is 100% Iacocca. It says Iacocca. No, it says I-A-C-O-C-C-A. Okay, whatever. Dude, I... All right, we are having... I'm not French. (laughs) I don't know. 
It's Italian. Also, we are 100% going to be doing interviews for a new co-host. I cannot deal with this Ayakaka. <laughs> I looked up the pronunciation. I don't speak French. I'm sorry. All right, guys. What do y'all think it is? You can go ahead and text in to... I don't know if you can because... I don't know if I'm on the text line. We're going to figure it out during the break. We've changed. 882 5397 K E Y S. Call or text in, please, if you think it's Ayakoko. Ayakoko? It's Ayakaka. Ayakaka! It is Ayakaka. You're right. Ayakoka. Golly, Chad. I told you. Okay. This is like that one time I couldn't stop. K E Y S. That one time I couldn't stop saying Volkswagen. Yeah. I hope this doesn't turn into one of those times. That's going to be a mess. 5397. During the break, we'll figure out how to get on, log on to our um, our text line. <laughs> it's Iacocca, guys. Anyways, Iacocca, Lee Iacocca, is an icon of the of contemporary automotive arena. The car world would look vastly different if he hadn't landed Chrysler alone. Talked old Henry Ford into producing, oh, Henry Ford the Deuce, might I say, into producing the, the Mustang. The Deuce. The Deuce. The Deuce. Number two. Or also being the lone executive to see the potential in the Jeep brand and getting the minivan into production. All right. That is a long list of accomplishments right there. And a lot of angry mothers without Leah Akaka. That's what I'm talking about. He was absolutely a man that changed the modern automotive world. All right. Now, Lee was born to Italian immigrant parents who came to the States pursuing the American dream. He was born Lido Anthony Iacocca. And obviously they just won't move. Lee. I don't know if this is going to work. What are you doing? Lido Miss. Hey! That day <laughs> he left the shack. Woo! That was all he no. All right, good job. I missed the Lido part, actually. No, I said Lido. Lido better. Oh. Oh. I tried. I don't have a soundboard. You did good. Yeah. Keys budget. We don't have a soundboard like. Keys budget. Like Aiden, who's not doing anything with his soundboard over there. (laughs) Okay. Now, I thought thought Aiden was going to do something. I think. I can't tell what he's up to. Anyways, I can see him through a window, guys, and he's up to no good. He's wearing a fishing hat for some reason. Not like a normal fishing hat, but like a camping, like, uh, what it, What was that on Home Improvement? The neighbor yeah. fishing hat? Anyways, let's get back to Lee Iacocca. L- Lee's instincts, um, I'm going ahead of myself. Born to Italian immigrant parents in the steel plant region of Lehigh Valley. That's in Pennsylvania. I did a lot of work in Pennsylvania, so I know exactly where he was born and all that. Now, Lee's instincts for customer service and marketing would be greatly shaped during his time working at his family-operated hot dog shop named Yakko's Hot Dogs. There you go. I love it. I'm a little bit mad that I didn't go to Yakko's Hot Dogs while I was in Pennsylvania. There's, there's still like five of them. There, Yeah, in the Lehigh area. Exactly. I'm... I, I wish I had gone. Anyways, you know, some of y'all might be saying, well, what the heck is Yakos, right? Well, it was a spinoff. His brother founded, created Yakos, and it was basically what everybody accidentally called the fa- last from the la- the family's last name. All right. The Dutch Pennsylvanians there were butchering Iacocca and somehow saying Yako. And so they just called it Yakos hot dogs. They're, they're farther off than I am. Yeah. With Iacocca. Yeah. You are, you are farther off. 
Now, Iacocca, oh, dude, I'm going to start saying Iacocca and it's going to, I'm going to strangle you during the break. Iacocca would have uh, other formative job experiences during this time period. And I really do believe that, you know, the early jobs you have are extremely formative in your, how hard you work and how you work. 100%. So during this time period, he also worked at a thing called You Drive It, which was one of the first car rental companies in the U.S. That's also kind of where he got his love of Ford, because they mostly rented out Fords. Now, Lee understood the value of hard work in education, which usually that's that is a pretty common thing. And um, was that was that a Oh, did you just play a soundboard too, or am I crazy? Oh, <laughs> all right. Guys, we're going to take a small break. Stay tuned to the Bad Blonde Radio Show. friends you are back listening to the bad blonde radio show and we had two date two weeks off and it feels like i've never been on the radio before <laughs> like talking is hard but we did figure out how to log into our new and very fancy text line i didn't uh you, did you not i'll work on it it's childproof i am so sorry where's our it guy <laughs> well it's not that hard but anyways let's get back to our discussion all right we're talking all about lee iacocca if you're just now tuning in and lee iacocca really shaped the modern world of automotives all right he's the first guy he's the one of the lone men that saw the potential in the jeep brand with the grand jeep with the jeep grand cherokee he understood that minivans were gonna be a thing with the minimax project and he saved chrysler through guaranteeing a loan with the u.s government and with the K-Car platform. Bum, bum, bum. So let's get back. I'm telling you, right now we're talking about his childhood, which he was very formative. He's a hard worker. Usually what? First, Likes hot dogs. Loves hot dogs. Loves hot dogs. Worked at his family's. His family had a, a, a oper- family operated. Ho- Is that a, a mosquito in here? We'll find out. Goodness gracious. Anyways, so. Let's start here. All right. He understood the value of hard work and education. And from high school, he won a fellowship to Princeton University, leaving Princeton with a master's in mechanical engineering. All right. Now, get this. So he's at Princeton. Is is somehow has got his his hands on a Ford executive and he gets a verbal agreement that he'll be one of the 50 candidates that will go through the you know, Ford, whiz kid, blah, 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 that kind of thing. And he's like, great. He's like, but I don't want to go until I graduate. And the guy says, okay, that's great. So he graduates and then he realizes the guy that he secured that deal with verbally, not written, ended up getting drafted into war. And so Ford has no idea that he was supposed to be one of the 50. So he calls up Ford. Lee Iacocca doesn't take any, like, if there's one thing, by reading his autobiography and by and creating the notes that we're talking about today on the show, Lee Iacocca, where there's a will, there's a way. Like, that guy's going to try. And oftentimes he succeeds. That's, it's kind of a great message. Anyways. He's got hoops, but. Is that how you say that? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think know. it's 
Anyways, all right. Back to what we're talking about. So he's like screwed. He has been planning on going to Dearborn uh, of the 50 candidates for this program with Ford, but the guy got drafted into the war and he's got no way to no way to go. And Ford has no idea. So he calls Ford. He somehow manages his way through the phone lines and he gets a hold of somebody and he says, look, this is the deal. And the guy says, well, I guess we could have you as a 51st candidate if you can get here by orientation, which was in like 36 hours or something ungodly. So he had to get across the U.S. to this orientation and he did it like just by a hair, which is pretty impressive. Fortitude. Now, from there, he would begin his career at Ford Motor Company in 1946 as an engineer. Because his background, remember, he freaking mechanical engineer from Princeton. Kind of a big deal. Hello. Yeah. Clever McGavar. He Like, yeah. Very clever guy. But it would be clear that his talents went far beyond engineering, and he knew it. It wasn't long until Lee asked to be moved from engineering into the sales and marketing department. Quit playing with those balloons. Be free. Be free. Anyways, with 10 years, within 10 years, Lee would mastermind a 56 for 56 campaign that would take, he was he was put in charge, I don't remember what location it was, but he was put in charge in of- California, I believe. Was it in California? He was put in charge of a dealership and they weren't doing too hot. Which is very interesting because that was his own creation. Yeah, that was his brainchild. He was full of good ideas. He was like, hey, I got a problem. Gonna solve it. Yo, I'll solve it. Mm, boom, it's boom, like boom. vanilla ice. Yes. So he masterminded the 56 for 56 campaign. And some of y'all might be like, well, what is that? All right. Well, essentially, it was offering loans on 1956 model year cars with a 20% down payment and 56 in monthly payments for three years. But $56 then is like $500 now, which is kind of still a pretty penny for some families, especially back then. But it was hyper successful. All right, it would garner nationwide recognition. Re- nationwide recognition. Talking is so hard. It was so successful that Ford actually ended up. T- he, it was just a campaign he made for his own dealership. So successful, Ford ended up establishing it nationwide. Kind of crazy. And it really was that campaign that caught Dearborn headquarters' attention. And soon. Lee would be moving on up the ranks at Ford headquarters, getting himself closer and closer to his goal of becoming the president of Ford. That was what he wanted to be this whole time. Who knows when he formed that idea, probably at the rental company where they were renting all Fords out. But he was like, I want to be the president of Ford. And he went forward with that with a passion. Yeah. Started in sales. Yeah. And came up with some cool ideas. Oh, no. So four quick years later after that 1956 campaign, Iacocca would be named vice president and general manager of the Ford division. Boom, boom, boom. Under his leadership, he would see come to fruition the Ford Mustang, the Continental Mark Dose, and the Mark Ford. Trace. Oh, is it Trace? My bad. And the Ford Escort. So along with that, he also like really spearheaded the revitalization of the Mercury brand, which introduced the Mercury Cougar and the Mercury Marquis. So he's making some, honestly, the Mustang was probably his biggest major success. That was a big deal. I wasn't a fan of the Escort, maybe. That was a cool little um, budget vehicle. Yeah, Uh, smart. Gas 
What were you saying you weren't a fan of? The Mark Three. Yeah. I don't know. Doesn't do nothing for me. Yeah, I can see that. Although, during this time, except for the Mustang, really, a lot of these cars that uh, Ayakaka put out Dude. were... When we get into have, Chrysler, okay, I'm going to You're not allowed problems. to say Ayakaka anymore, because I had full intentions of putting this on the po- on an online podcast. Ayakaka. And if we do that, literally I, the automotive arena, people are going to lose their freaky minds. <laughs> I, I'm, I don't know. I'm not French. All right. I'm not French. All right. Cut it out. So what were you saying with your thought? <laughs> I didn't mean to interrupt you. you. Came in. Call said, him Lee. Just call him Lee. 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 I. Uh. Except for the Mustang, I'm not very impressed with any of the designs. As far as Ford goes, yeah. As far as Chrysler, for sure. When we get into that. (laughs) So the Ford Mustang was a major success. And it changed. It absolutely changed the automotive world. You see, Iacocca, let's just call him Lee. Let's just call him Lee. Lee planned the timing of the hip, styled, and low-cost Mustang with the coming of driving age of baby boomers. And within 10 years of its launch... The Mustang would hit 1 million cars sold. That's a big, big old deal. And to this day, it is the fifth best-selling Ford nameplate. Success. That's what success looks like. Way to go, Lee. And, like, it's so funny because during all his tenure at Ford, he was bumping heads with Henry the Ford Deuce, the old Deucey Boosie. Like, they just did not get along whatsoever. And it's a miracle that Henry let... Lee go forward with Mustang because he just tried to shoot down everything else. It sounds like we got to take a little break, guys. Y'all stay tuned to the Bad Blonde Radio Show. my friends who are back listening to the Bad Bond Radio Show. And if you are just now tuning in, we are talking all about the man, the myth, the legend, the gentleman that saved Chrysler, the man that brought you the Mustang. Lee Iacocca. Yes. Thank you for getting that name right, Chad. We are back in business. Now yeah, we're a team. I gave him a verbal thrashing during yeah, the break, physical, guys. Physical, a little bit physical, too. <laughs> if you all have any kind of comments or anything you think about Lee Iacocca or maybe any radio show topics, you know what I mean? You can go ahead and... Not going to do it. <laughs> Reverse punishment. This is your one job. 361-882-5397. Nailed it. 361-882-KEYS. Yes, good job. All right, guys. So, Lee Iacocca is the son of Italian immigrants, and he uh, hits the ground running with hard work. He nails himself a position at Ford. He becomes... What is that noise? Is that a phone or something? Or is that your computer? That's or is that the text, text line? line oh, oh, my God. We are pop locking. <laughs> okay, anyways, we are talking about Lee Iacocca while he is at Ford. He has just talked Henry Ford, the Deuce Roos, into producing the Mustang. All right. And so uh, since I'm going to have to turn my computer on silent. There we go. Since the. Since the start of Lee and Henry Ford II's relationship at Ford, it was contentious. Just like Chad and his microphone right now. 
he and Ford did not get along. And frankly, it was kind of a little bit of a miracle that he was able to talk Henry Ford the Deuce into producing the Mustang. But it ended up being hyper, hyper successful. All right. But with those successes do come failures sometimes. Uh, <laughs> Imagine Ford without the Mustang. I don't know what they'd be. They don't have a sports car, that's for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, right. they have the GT40. The GT, yeah. and the, but that's basically their... Uh, that was not attainable to the everyday. No. Yeah. The Mustang became synonymous. Yeah. With Ford. And that's also why I think everybody, there was such an uproar on the Mustang, the E. I was talking with somebody that had a Maki, and he was charging it. Yeah. Uh, and he had been charging it for five hours because oh, he was trying to go back to San Antonio. Oh, God. He's like, That's well, I got only about an hour left. Oh, then man. I can go back to San Antonio. It doesn't sound that sounds a bit inconvenient. Anyways, during his, like I said, with the success, there were also failures. And Lee would propose, and the idea of this was on point. He would propose the creation of a small fuel-efficient vehicle weighing less than 2,000 pounds. But the execution of this would be absolutely hazardous. And this car is actually a point, like a a, a topic discussed in automo- in engineering ethics. This car would be the Ford Pinto. Dun, dun, dun. Wayne's World. <laughs> Wayne's World. The Pinto structural design allowed its fuel tank filler neck to break off and the fuel tank to be punctured in the rear in a rear end collision. Resulting in deadly fires and the recall of Pintos. Mm, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Or I don't remember. <laughs> I remember the recall and stuff. I guess that was around. It was bad. When I was a child. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wasn't around at all, but just Bruce you know, texted the, the lure. Said in the 70s, Joe Crane, the owner of Hamburgers Incorporated, mm-hmm. parked his black on black 1970, which is a picture that is pretty popular of the Mark III, mm-hmm. outside the building he owned. Which is the one we were sitting in. So I guess. What? This building was owned by <laughs> Joe Crane, I guess, of Hamburgers, Inc. And he had a 1970 Mark III. Is but there a photo? Black. No, but that's the main picture when you look up a Mark III. No way! Okay, I'm going to look that up. Super not, not cool. Not the picture of here. Just a black on black one. But like I said, the Mark III. Yeah. It's not the Mark II. That's for sure. <laughs> No, no. Well, I mean, think about that. That's a hard thing to follow up. Anyway, soon Iacocca's time at Ford would come to an end, which was no surprise because literally Henry Ford hated Lee Iacocca. They were just completely different personalities uh, in different backgrounds, without a doubt. Uh, and that would come to bite him. Like if Henry Ford had been, instead of making decisions with his ego, he would have realized that Breaking off, firing Lee Iacocca was basically giving his competitors a wrapped gift. All right. Because Chrysler had their eyes on Lee Iacocca the whole time. Um, and I, I'm i sure it was hard to leave Ford, but Iacocca decided bye bye And a, he left Ford and a bright beginning at Chrysler would form. You see, even though Chrysler had been in the middle of financial peril, they had been pursuing Lee and were very happy to have finally gotten him. Now, Lee would soon begin bringing in uh, former associates from Ford that just kind of, you know, hit hit heads, knocked heads with the deuce and 
left forward as well. And reconstructing Chrysler from the ground up with these, these talents. Now, just a year into his leadership at Chrysler, Lee realized that without a jolt of cash into the company, Chrysler would go bankrupt. And with that, were you going to say something? Well, this is where, go ahead with his money. Monies. And with that, he approached the United States Congress for a loan guarantee. With the loan, Chrysler was required to reduce costs and abandon a few lingering projects. But also, they were going to pay it back. It wasn't just a bailout with no payback. I was say, but this is like, well, then, yeah, there was the automotive, the bailout of Chrysler again. Yeah. Who is now owned by Fiat. Mm-hmm. Not even an American company anymore. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. is this, was this the start of it? Iacocco? No. So they had also, before Chrysler, they had bailed out AMC. But, in, in what, and also though, he, he paid out, he paid back the loan bef- four years before they expected to pay back the loan. Well, that's all, all right, I guess, but I don't I know. I get your sentiment. I don't see... American companies going and begging the government for loans. You know? Yeah. Like a, a bank should have made that loan probably, right? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I don't know how the finances behind that work. One of the projects, so like they're like, okay, finally. But it was not easy. Like Lee Iacocca formed this massive campaign across the U.S. Because there was not like a part of a U.S. that wasn't going to be affected if Chrysler dro- like dropped to the ground. And essentially, each one of these, uh, his workers, he made a massive campaign, sent out pamphlets. Each one of the workers went to their own political, you know, their their representatives. And that was really what turned, pushed it over. Because there was, a, he was not expected to to get the votes for that loan. He had a, wow, I don't remember what the guy's name. But one guy strictly opposed him, even though he was the guy that had uh, secured AMC's loan. AMC did not survive. But anyways, back to business, back to what we're talking about. Now, one of the projects, they said, okay, we'll give you the money, but you got to cut costs and you got to throw out some projects. And one of those projects canceled was the turbine engine. That's pretty cool. It had been in production for nearly, or it had been in the works. It had been worked on for about 20 years, was expected for consumer production within the year, and it had to be cut. So I just recently posted a, uh, you can find it on the Bad Blonde YouTube or the Bad Blonde Instagram. I just posted this really awesome uh, turbine uh, car that I got to see uh, in at Pebble Beach. And it was phenomenal. Like when you listen to it, it's like, it can run on jet fuel, on jet fuel, tequila, perfume, kind of crazy. Anyways, that got canned. Now, with fresh cash in their pockets, Chrysler would begin releasing the first cars in the K-Series, all right? Many of you have probably heard of the K-Series, yes? Because it was what saved Chrysler. Now, the irony of the K-Car Series is that these... It it was the ugliest car in the world. I mean, they weren't pretty. (laughs) They weren't pretty, but they did the job. I don't know. <laughs> I have worked on some of these cars. Yeah. What are your thoughts? The they were not very good cars. Yeah, well, they saved Chrysler at the time. They did. <laughs> this was also a time where you had a lot of uh um older people from World War Two who were not gonna buy Japanese. Yeah. Uh yeah. <laughs> so that was yeah. 
<laughs> that was that was when the J- Japan was Toyota and, and some companies were starting to come up and import more and more. That's a good. So you had a large segment of the population, and still I, at Trinity Towers and some of the, the places we work on stuff, there were people that were like, "Yeah, I will never own a Japanese car." You know, my there was a lot of her, her, horrendous things that happened. That the yeah. But I was during the eighties, early eighties. Mid '80s, a lot of the cars America was producing were just junk. 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 <laughs> and this was early emissions. Yeah. So they had all this just insanity going on under the hood of vacuum lines and check valves and vacuum oh. pumps and just insanity. And Sounds it was, ideal. And I and the product I think back, uh, oh, that's what allowed Toyota to gain. To become the world's largest automotive manufacturer mm-hmm. was this time period when, and America is finally, is, I think, catching back up and, and putting out quality. But for this time, they just rolled because there was a lot of, there was no competition. Yeah. The only competition was in Japan and nobody wanted to buy a Japanese car. <laughs> so you just yeah. put out your junk and sold it. And it, I think that was basically almost every manufacturer back then. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're on point. That does. So the funny thing also, though, is that the K-Car series, that was also something he proposed to Ford and had been shot down. Now, what does it mean? What does the K-Car series or platform mean if you're not familiar with it? The K-Car platform was a key automotive design platform featuring a transverse engine, front-wheel drive, independent front, and semi-independent rear suspension configuration. And the key, the big key, is that it shared a large number of common parts between them. Because apparently, at the time, Chrysler had... A few shared platforms, but they weren't really sharing parts, which is not that smart. You know what I mean? And I think it was um, it was Henry Leland that really kind of with with the creation of Lincoln that really encouraged and instigated uh, or encouraged using universal parts on his cars. Anyways, uh, Iacocca believed that part of Chrysler's failing was due to the vast number of parts in inventory and the difficulty of building so many different vehicle versions. And he was like, let's keep it simple. And with the K-Car series, Chrysler would report a $10 million profit in the first year. <gasps> Ba-bam. How about that? Also, with his departure from Ford, Lee brought another project that Henry Ford II turned down. It was called the Minimax. An idea that Ford hated wholeheartedly, but boy, did he have that wrong. The Minimax project would become the noble steed of soccer moms, the faithful companion at school drop-offs. It would become the minivan. Which in Japan and Europe, the minivan was very popular already. Yeah. We're just slow. America's like, (laughs) like, oh, why would you need some vehicle that can comfortably fit your family and make it easier to get your children in and out huh. no, well, we don't need that it's funny because volkswagen with the van with the vw bus actually had that hey aiden did you tell me there was a break coming or okay i couldn't tell what you said all right guys we are going to take a little break and then we'll, we'll continue talking all about the legend lia coca Oh, all right. Hello, 
my friends, you are back listening to the Bad Blonde Radio Show on News Talk KEUIS, 1440 AM and 98.7 FM, Corpus Christi, Texas. If you're just now tuning in, we're talking all about the man who saved Chrysler, the man that brought you the Mustang. We're talking about Lee Iacocca, the legend. All right. Now where we are at in the story is that he has just saved Chrysler with the K-Car series. He has introduced the noble steed of house moms, the minivan. All right. Now, the minivan would go on to lead the automobile industry in sales for 25 years. That's a long time. Now, because of the K-Car and the minivan serious success, Chrysler would pay the government-backed loan seven years before expected. Is that the history? Is in the history of any bailout, is that the only one that ever paid back their loan? Well, I guess this is not... This was not a bailout okay. per se. Maybe I, yeah, I don't know how it works. Into it more, they they talk about it, but they don't talk about the deets, the details of those details. I know it was a it was a pain. They were not going to give it to him, and he literally like he was he was fighting for it. He's tried to be nice at first during the hearing, trying to get trying to secure the loan, and that at the end he was like, "Well, nice wasn't working, so I had to be mean." And I listened to some of the well, look where it led recordings. to. It got it. I got it. Well, it led to Chrysler. Getting another bailout. Well, in two, that was later on. I know, but it's like, what? Yeah. Did they pay us back, the taxpayer? Did they pay back? Did that help us, or did that help the unions? It helped, and- it, I think it helped them in the 1980s. Yeah. So in 1987, Iacocca, Lee Iacocca, would lead the acquisition of AMC, of which, really, Lee's only real intention, he was really chasing the nearly finished Jeep Grand Cherokee. That was a big deal back then. Though the Cherokee wouldn't be released until 1992, the same year of Iacocca's retirement, that was a big deal. Also, that retirement would not last long. (laughs) He retired in 92, and then 1995, Lee was back at Chrysler helping with a hostile takeover from a billionaire named Kirk Kirkcorian. I meant to do more research on Kirk Kirkcorian because he looked trippy. But I didn't, guys. My apologies. I ran out of time. So that uh, that that takeover would prove unsuccessful, unsuccessful, and it put a gag order on Lee from saying a word about Chrysler publicly for like five years. But that didn't last long because <laughs> 10 years later, Chrysler would reach back out to Lee Iacocca in 2005 and have him as their pitch man. And he wasn't alone. So it's funny, like... When I was reading this, I was like, were those the big stars of the time? You know, because they, they had they had Lee Iacocca and then they had a few other celebrities join him in these commercials that I ended up going on a rabbit hole watching. But it was Jason Alexander. That was the kind of questionable one. But I suppose Seinfeld had just gotten off its heyday. Wouldn't Seinfeld stop airing? I have no idea. Me neither. But the one that made sense, Snoop Dogg. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Everybody loves Snoop Dogg's great in every commercial. He's in a freaking big lighter commercial with Martha Stewart, nailing it. Snoop Double G nailing it. So that marketing campaign was a success. And what I love about that was so in his re- in return for his appearance. Why does he have two G's? Snoop Dogg. Does he? It's two G's. Never after. noticed. Is it Dogg? 
Yeah. Doug, it's, it's German. It's Dougie. definitely, definitely that. So I'm going to keep us on track. Sorry. I'm going to keep us on track. Now, Chrysler, you know, like Lee was like, eh, you know what I want? I want it instead of, in compensation for my appearances, I want $1 per sold car sent to the, the Iacocca Foundation for type 1 diabetes research. That would be a cause near and dear to his heart throughout his life. His wife had type 1 diabetes. Now, Iacocca had a lot of plates spinning, aside from pulling Chrysler through near bankruptcy. He also served on the board of MGM Grand. At one point, he founded an e-bike company, which that was pretty forward thinking. And he also, get this, this is the coolest thing, I think, created the Olivio Premium Products brand. I have bought Olivio olive oil. It's in HEB. Oh, really? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? So, like, literally all the profits from the olive oil company, Olivio Products, all of the profits go to raising funds uh, for his type 1 diabetes research. That's cool. I know. That's, that's like... Uh, that's what I'm talking about. What's that guy? Uh, Paul Newman. Yeah, Paul Newman. My, my, like, imaginary husband. Paul Newman stuff. I love that's Paul That's a cool Newman. guy, too. I love Paul Newman. So, also, so yes, he was doing all this amazing stuff, like, clearly. He also headed the headed the uh, raising of funds for the Statue of Liberty when it was in super decline, and it needed, like, a whole restoration. Needs some new liberty. It needed a little bit of shine. Now, but imagine this. <laughs> this could have changed where we are right now in the history of politics. At one point... In 1988, Lee almost ran for president. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. And in his book... Who would, he, who would he have been running against? I looked it up. It was Bush and Dukakis. 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 <laughs> I remember Dukakis running around remember. in a tank. I was one year old. I was not very year old, too. Yeah, he, I just remember somehow... If you were one, I was like eight. Yeah. Or something. You're so and uh, <laughs> I just remember still, or maybe from reading, watching, but yeah, Dukakis was trying to be tough on defense. So he was in a tank, uh, had a tanker's helmet on. Oh, wow. And he was standing out of the turret. All the Driving things. down in a tank. And it, they just, they just destroyed him for that. Or like, what are you, you know, you know, doing? Where are you going, sir? Yeah. In your tank. <laughs> well, oh man, it would have been real cool if he had been president. Dukakis? No. Yeah. Iacocca. So he wrote in his book, which I'm going to order this. I already have a Lee Iacocca's autobiography, but I don't have this other one. It's called Where Have All the Leaders Gone? And shoot, man, if he was feeling this in the 80s, I'm glad he's not around to see what's up now. So Lee Iacocca said in that book, he thought really hard about running for president. And then he was talked out of it by Tip O'Neill. But according to the polls of the day, he had a very realistic chance of taking the win. I don't know. Well, I, you know, I should have researched on whether he was going to run what what party he might have run as. I don't know. No, Reagan was a really good speaker. Speaker. Yeah. Tough to beat. I don't know. What Reagan? What, he wasn't against Reagan. Oh, I thought I think Bush. You said, I think it was Bush. Uh, was it Bush one? Yeah. Okay. Bush one. Okay. Do I have my mat? Do I have my timeline right on that? Yeah, I think, I think so. so. Yeah, this I was reading something wrong. Okay, that's cool. when he got Reagan appointed him to the ah. Uh, do the Statue of Liberty. He did. That is that is one hundred percent. Something must have happened before. He could have beat Bush one. That guy was full of personality. <laughs> 
<laughs> but so it was very clear at that time that Iacocca cared about the future of the country. And in 2007, he launched a website, which I'm going to go find this website and check it out. Uh, if I had had time, I would have already been playing on it before. He opened a, launched a website in 07 for open dialogue on modern society and the challenges the U.S. faces. Covering such topics as healthcare costs, alternative energy, and hybrid automobiles. Also, the website allows visitors to rate presidential candidates. It sounds pretty darn cool. I'm a, I'm a moron for not having the website to list. Darn it. I agree. I'm silly. You know what I can do? A quick Lee Iacocca website. Uh... Let's see what we can find. Anyways, also, we got a text message in. I want to thank George D. for texting us in. He says, good morning, all. Whatever some people think of Lee, he saved Chrysler in its time of bad, and the economy needed it in the 70s. All right, somehow we've already run through an hour, guys. Thank you for listening to the Bad Blonde Radio Show. We are here every Saturday at 10 a.m. Have a great week. End. (laughs) 